Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hi guys, I'm Haley Kiefer. I'm Allison Leiby. And welcome to Ruined, a podcast where we ruin a horror movie for you. It's great because then you don't ever have to see it if you're afraid of everything, but which I am. But you still might be a little scared listening. I'm always scared, so. And I tell it real spooky like. Yeah, Hallie's got a real spooky vibe to her. Ooh, this <laughs> week we're getting spooky with one of my favorites, Poltergeist. Oof. In 1982. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Finally a movie that's older than we are. Was, my brain was so terrified I couldn't save numbers. <laughs> Directed by Toby Hooper. The story about this is that people always say, like, oh, you know, actually, Steven, because Steven Spielberg produced it, actually, he really directed it. And maybe he had more of a hand in it. But I read some other stuff saying that wasn't really true, so I don't know what to think. Yeah. It feels like a Steven Spielberg film. Yes. And it came out this, the summer of Spielberg, a, summer of 82, um, along with E.T. So this has a very similar vibe. Okay. And have you seen e- E.T.? Yeah. I find E.T. himself very spooky. I thought that there were parts of the—I thought especially the end of E.T. where it's, like, all of the tents in the house, like, all oh, that stuff. Oh, when he's dying yeah. in a coffin, was, a medical coffin? Yeah, that part Mm-mm. was really scary to me. But yeah. all the other, like, Elliot, like, I liked him. <laughs> he hmm. didn't scare me. I don't know why. I mean, I didn't—I wasn't horrified by him. My sister-in-law right. is terrified of him. But it is kind of, of scary. He looks disgusting. He's yeah, a they, reptile man. They could have made it a little, like— Cuter. Cuter. But I guess maybe, the, you know what, they knew they were right because he was such a phenomenon. Yeah. Um. So I just made Allison watch the trailer for Poltergeist. Yes. What are your first thoughts? I mean, the thing is, it's really tough to look at something that was made 37 years ago. And I'm having the same problem looking across the table right now, so. Mm, okay. Rude. <laughs> rude. <laughs> rude. Um, I'm 36. Ooh. <laughs> But it's hard to, like, look at, like, a dated trailer and be as scared. Whereas I'm sure, actually, if I was watching the movie, there would be plenty of parts that are scary. Yeah. But the trailer itself, like, even just the way they did trailers then. Yes. And, like, because, like, everything, like, the, the like, moody elements that, like, today when we see a trailer, like, the Babadook is a very scary trailer right. that we have, like, that I've seen. That, like, those elements are there and it's all very, like, this also is, like, uh, narrated like it's a Twilight Zone episode yes, in a really strange way that I'm like, is this like a copyright infringement? Like it feel it felt exactly like the Twilight Zone. Yeah, and I'm glad we don't have narrators. I mean, people don't tend to use narrators outside of like um, lines from the movie itself. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it does really. It's like, hello, this I'm is your, a movie. I'm your dad. I'm here to tell you about ghosts. It's like, all yeah. right, wait, it, who are you? Why don't you? It's, it makes it less scary. I yeah. Agree. Well, again, it like puts you very into like. Here is a movie about a thing, and like which instantly like takes you out of like this could really happen, which um, I think is like what makes so many of those like movies and trailers scary. Absolutely. Um. And so uh, we will need to take a baseline scary of how, your attitude towards it. And the the uh, question is, well, how do you feel about a poltergeist? I mean, 
One thing about this movie is I know that it is constantly referenced in pop culture, and I'm excited to finally have a little bit of, like, the foundation of those references. Right, much like The Ring, where you're like, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. But, like, even this, like, there's, like, Simpsons episodes that reference, you know, there's, like, definitely, like, it definitely permeated pop culture in a way that Mm -hmm. it is referred to, so that almost makes it a little less scary. Yes. Because I'm like, oh, I've seen elements of it, like, made for comedy usually, but, like, you know, it takes you out of, like, the horror element. Yeah, it has. And to me, it's like, I saw it when I was 11. I remember it was my my right. friend's uh, birthday. My friend Whitney Cole. Hi, Whitney. Um, <laughs> we're still buds. She was her, it was her birthday. It was fifth grade. She, I guess we would have been turning 11. We were at her parents' house. And we were allowed to watch Poltergeist, which I guess they were like, okay, we're 11. You know, they're old enough. Because it is. It's still Spielberg. But boy, it scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. And I fell asleep during it, and I woke up, and I'll tell you what scene I woke up during, but okay. it is the most horrifying scene in the film, and I of woke course. up during it. I remember feeling so scared and being in my sleeping bag and just being so horrified. Yeah. So for me, a lot of that, like, you know, like a lot of the films, where it's like, but as an adult, I thought, for example, Hereditary was terrifying, Bob Duke, whatever. Right. I saw this, I wasn't scared, but, I, as but it a, took you it, back. It, it took me back to that child watching. Yes. Um, I also wanted to give us a definition of poltergeist. Yeah, I was going to say, what is a poltergeist? A ghost. Oh. Or other supernatural being. <laughs> it's just like a ghost. <laughs> supposedly trans- responsible for physical disturbances such as loud noises or objects being thrown around. And it, and they sort of establish in the um, film that a poltergeist is something, an entity that attaches to a person. Okay. And a haunting affects an area. So Okay. It's so, regional. Yes. Versus a poltergeist is attached to a, an individual. Okay. And um and has a different set of problems, basically, as a result. <laughs> okay, sure. Though, I guess now that I'm saying that, well, we'll get into it. Yes. Because, boy, it seems like the location in Poltergeist is the issue. Right. But we'll get into it. Um, do From you my any- loose knowledge of the movie, that's also what I assume. Yeah. Do you have any predictions about the film? Where you think it'll go? Do you think there's a twist? I mean— there's definitely a twist of some kind. There's definitely a reveal a of reveal. why it's yeah. happening. Right. Like, I feel like what I assume is most of the movie is like, what's happening? Why is this mm-hmm. happening? And then eventually that's answered, mm-hmm. um, which I believe to be a twist or a yes. reveal. Like, whatever. It's an act three. A like, reveal. Yeah. Climax. Yeah. Um, a and terrible boy, you word. love a climax. I love a climax. <laughs> what an awful word to have to say. Um, Do you want to make any predictions? I mean, it seems like the TV is involved. Mm-hmm. TV. <laughs> so it's TV. I blame the TV. <laughs> I blame the TV. We should too many screens. <laughs> and this is sort of a similar to the ring, which we which we yes. uh, please listen to our episode about that. Yeah. Where the TV is the, the focal point, the screen is a focal yeah. point of terror. Yes. In this is like it's a conduit into your home and who right. knows who could use the TV to get into your house. Yes. And um show your kids. Uh, God knows what. Ooh. Boobs or I don't know. So Spooky um, boobs. Uh, we open in Cuesta Verde Estates. It's sort of a generic California suburban yeah. sprawl, you know. It's Steve and Diane. Um, they are, you know, a young, loving couple. Is Steve coach? Steve is coach. Okay, Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. Uh, Diane is Joe Beth Williams. They're, it just, like, they're, what I like about it in this movie is, like, a lot of, I think, horror movies sort of, like, take for granted, like, the parents or, like, the kids. And this is, like, you know, you see them, like, kind of, like, screwing around, joking. Right. They're smoking weed in their their bedroom. They're goofing around. Like, they like each other. Yeah. You know? And they have three kids, Dana, who's 16, 
And because of this, luckily is spared a lot of the horror of this movie because she's like at a friend's house because she's old enough to leave. <laughs> old enough to be like, get the fuck out of here. The Robbie, who's like 10, 11, and Carol Ann, who's the little one at five. The little oh, and they blonde. have a dog. And the dog's name is E-Buzz. E-Buzz? E-Buzz. I don't know why. I didn't look it up. Don't need to know. No. E-Buzz. It's weird. Listener, let us know why. So Carol Ann, we open on um, Craig T. Nelson has fallen asleep in front of the TV. And so it's like, um, I don't even remember this from our childhood personally, but basically at a certain point, um, programming would end and they would play the Star Spangled Banner and there just wouldn't be programming at night. What? <laughs> Which I had heard of Which, before. Which, of course, that happens. Like, I'm right. But I, I thought that was much earlier. Well, in I the history of television. I guess um, this is like this. Maybe been, maybe this was the end of that era. Yeah. But so so um, Steve falls asleep in front of the TV. So now it's just static. So Carol Ann walks downstairs and is conversing with something that is in the static that she can hear that no one else can. She says, "What do you look like?" And then she's just answering like, "No, yes, oh no." And her, her the rest of her family kind of walks in and washes her, but nobody really knows what to do. So that that sets us up. Okay. Then, oh my God, small town USA. Just kids riding bikes. Ugh. Kids terrorizing an adult man on a bike with remote controlled cars. Everyone's got a car in the garage. Everyone like everyone's American house flags. Looks the same. Yeah, exactly. All American. Everything is cookie cutter, the exact same thing. To the point where Steve is having a, is watching a big football game that everyone's very invested in. Of course. And then his neighbor. The big game. The big game. Everyone's watching the big game. (laughs) And uh, across uh, the, basically, uh, their next door neighbor, Ben, is, is, his kids are watching um, Mr. Rogers. Mm -hmm. And the houses are so cookie cutter in this area. They're on the same remote frequency. So they keep changing each other's TV, and then they start yelling at each other over the fence about it. You know, like— Just silly neighborhood antics. I mean, now one of them would shoot the other one. But back then, you could have a wholesome argument with your your neighbor and uh, not have it escalate to violence. Yeah, or like swat them or something like that. (laughs) So while they're watching the game, uh, Diane's upstairs, and she finds that the kid's uh, pet parakeet, Tweety, has died. So then there's this really lovely, like, moment with her and Carol Ann, because Carol Ann's young enough that she doesn't really get it. But they they are going to bury Tweety sure. in a, um, a cigar box. And also, birds aren't pets. But, you know, I had a parakeet growing up. Really? Also named Tweety because I guess again, and there's like everything three is bird the same. Names. But it was very cute, and I liked it. I don't know. We didn't really play with it. It was just in a cage. So well, that, just, that's I, kind of like, a bummer. The but. cage thing is a bummer. Yeah, and in this movie, when the bird dies, Diane does try to flush it down the toilet, which mm-hmm. I don't think, and that, then fails. Well, doesn't get to because Carolyn oh. walks in and was like, okay. "My bird." I don't think that you should flush. I don't think so. A if bird. I can't flush a tampon, you can't flush a bird. And that's on that period, okay? <laughs> no, but please don't flush a bird's corpse. It's yeah. just going to fuck up your pipes. It's just going to yeah, no, it's not worth it. Just throw it outside. So they prepare a little coffin and Carolyn's like, "Well, he's going to be hungry, so she puts in a Twizzler." And he's like, "He's going to be bird eating a gummy I Twizzler." Know. It's like the- he's going to be uh, cold, so they put a little uh, paper towels, a blanket, and it's like, "Oh, he's going to it's going to smell bad, so they put in a flower." And they have, like, a nice little funeral sure, for Carol Ann specifically. And then, like, meanwhile, Dana and Robbie, the other kids, are just clowning on her, like, whoa. <laughs> and Robbie's like, when it when it rots, can we dig it up and look at the bones? You know, like, and Dan's like, okay, she's a child, you know. Calm down, kids. Um, But then she's, you know, sort of had this, that's sort of like, the b- bird's body is put into the ground. And that's sort of like, 
we're going to be dealing a lot of what's in the ground and what's going to come out of it. Sure. Because they're getting a pool put in. So the construction workers come. They immediately dig up Tweety's coffin and it falls all over the place. Because nobody gives a, basically it's like nobody gives a shit. That you have this beautiful like, little why thing. Even if you know you're going to be getting a pool, like why even bury it there? Because listen, we, it was America in the 80s. Like everything was expendable. Like every, yes. nothing meant anything. No. It was all about money and, and, <laughs> and swimming pools, you know. And um, and Diane's sort of like, I'm concerned about the swimming pool. Like, what if the kids, what if the kids fall in, right. like before it's built, and I, you know, whatever. And Steve's like, you're being crazy. Yeah, he's a realtor for the development company sure. that built this, and apparently he's like their number one guy. He sold like 42 percent of their units. Sure, he's sort of this is his, you know, bread and butter. But also like he's, you see him like selling a house to someone else, and sort of the whole thing is like all the houses are exactly the same, and. And I don't know. It's sort of like this all-American sort of success yeah. story. Um, it, just making cookie-cutter uh, houses over and over again. And we find out that recently, Caroline has been sleepwalking. But Diane used to do it as a child, so she's like, it must be genetic. Not, I'm not too worried. Ugh, nothing scarier than a child sleepwalking. And that was she's like, what if she falls in the pool? And it's like, well, that's something to think about, you know? Right. And um, then the, uh, there's sort of a huge rainstorm, and Robbie's kind of freaking out because he's there's this big gnarled tree outside of his window, and he's scared of it. And there's also a terrifying clown doll, which is too much for what you there's should have too one much stuff scary going thing. on. Yeah, if you have a scary tree, there can't yeah. be a scary clown. But like, I do think as a child, I do feel like I had a lot of stuff going on. That in retrospect, where it's like I think I saw a weird picture once, and then I just thought about it forever. I you was know? terrified by my grandmother's house because, like, now when I think back on it as like an adult, I'm like, oh, none of that was scary. But like, her aesthetic was very like there was a lot of black. And like a lot Ooh, of like a lot that's of fabulous. Like, yeah, she was like super elegant and great, but like she had a lot of like painting, like like mm-hmm. drawings of women from the twenties. So like they're kind of like it's like goth. ghosts. Yes, it's very goth, and like everything was like black lacquer and like white and bait. And it was just like Ooh. it was. I remember being a kid there and being fucking terrified of everything, yeah. just because it was all kind of like it was just a lot for me to be like. That's a What's woman? going on? Yeah. yeah. Why is it That's everything a, just like a cartoon? Right, exactly. So, so uh, you know, Robbie runs to his parents' house, and Steve comes in, and he's really sweet to him, and it's like, we, we gonna, we're going to sure. count the thunder. Then there's a huge crack of thunder. We cut to, there's a lot of funny, sharp, like, uh, quick cuts. Sure. Where it's like, he's in bed, there's one, and then you see both he and Carol Ann are in their parents' bed. Yeah. Like, scared That's of the storm. Fun. Then um, Carol Ann starts talking to the static again. And everyone else is asleep, and she's talking to the static because there's some entity talking to her. And we see sort of a glowing animated, at the time it was the 80s, mist kind of flow out of the TV. And then what looks like a white laser beam shoots out of the TV to the sort of the wall above her parents' bed. Okay. And then there's a huge earthquake. And her parents wake up, and Robbie's up, and the dog's barking. And Carol Ann says, which is the famous line from the movie. So in the morning, they're getting ready. Everything seems okay, but they slept but like, the rest of the night. So, like, that happens, but, like, did anybody wake up? Like the, After the earthquake. So nobody saw the light. Nobody saw this weird mist, except for Carol Ann. And did anybody hear her say, they're here? Yes. Okay. So in the morning, they're getting ready. The other kids are going to school. I guess Carol Ann's not in kindergarten <laughs> yet. Um, but so Dan's like, hey, um, so when you said they're here last night, who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? And Carol Ann says, oh, the TV people. Because she's five. She's like, right. the people who live in the TV. Yeah. And so uh, Dana and Robbie go off to school. Steve goes to work. And so it's Diane and um, Caroline in the house. And Diane starts doing some strange things. Mm-hmm. And she sort of uh, at the cleans up the breakfast table and pushes the chairs in. 
She turns around a second later. The chairs are stacked in a pyramid on top of the table. Oh. So she knows Carol Ann couldn't have done it. No. no one else is there. Meanwhile, the construction workers are out there, like, digging the swimming pool. Right. And so Steve gets home that night, and Diane is like, you have to come in here. I, I, yeah. Something supernatural is happening. Something's going on. And so what we see is if you take a chair or Carol Ann or Diane and put them at a certain point in the kitchen, they will slide to the other side. And Diane's kind of excited about this because it's not, like, threatening or scary. It's very bizarre. I'm like, it feels both of those things. Yes. And like, I think if that they, happened in real life to you. I, well. You'd be scared. I would think, which I think we're sort of, like, I think I would assume it's some sort of scientific thing I don't understand. Yes, of course. Which she says. Right, okay. That's I fine. would not think it was I wouldn't first go to evil. paranormal. I'd be like, there must be some weird, some I would of, blame magnets, I guess. I was going to say, know. it's got to be like some kind of electromagnetic thing. And so, you know, but Steve is like, no one's going in the kitchen until we figure this out. We're calling someone tomorrow. Danny, uh, Diane's like, calling who? Yeah, who are you going to call? <laughs> who would you, who would you the call? The Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they existed. I, no, I would, I would call a priest maybe, but um, I, I wouldn't know who to call. Yeah, I feel, I, I'd be like, my first instinct was like, I'd call the government. <laughs> so they go next door to the neighbor, Ben, who we've already established kind of hates Steve. Right. And thinks of them as like really annoying. And they're over there and they're sort of laughing and trying to explain. But they seem like they're really high and they're like slapping all these mosquitoes on them that are not <laughs> affecting him. So that's part of it too. Okay. Is they're being bit up by mosquitoes. But he's watching them. He's like, uh-huh. They're like, have you had any... um? You know, where where the chair's been moving, and he's like, nope, haven't. And he's like, oh, God, these stoners next door. It's like, get the hell out of here. So they go over there, and they're like, okay, tomorrow morning, we're going to figure out who to call. No one goes in the kitchen. But but what Diane says is like, this is just some part of life we don't understand, whether it's supernatural or not. It's not threatening. I was in the house all day. Right. Well, unfortunately, that's about a change. Uh, So middle of the night, uh, there's a horrible storm, and the gnarled trees. for California. Yeah. The gnarled storm, the gnarled tree that uh, Robbie's afraid of, bursts through the window Good. in a giant, like, mangled tree hand, s- grabs him and hauls him out of the house. Is that, like, watching that now, mm-hmm. is it scary looking based on the technology Yes, I of think it? it's like, very good. It's pr- all practical. Well, I don't know if it's all practical effect. No, because the smoke isn't. So that's a practical effect. I find it terrifying. Okay. I'm just, and, like, interested to know, like, how. Because, yes. like, like, sometimes, like, you see an old version of it and you're like— I can see, like, the strings that are, like, yeah. moving stuff I mean, there's around. definitely some where you're, like, uh, the strings. But um, I think it's very scary. And then he essentially, the tree is, like, eating him. Like, the tree takes him out and is, like, subsuming him into the, he's being sucked down into the trunk, which oh I God. still find scary. That's very scary. So the parents run out there like, oh, my God, the tree's eating Robbie. But this was all a red herring. So that they were distracted so the house could take Carol Ann. <gasps> So she kind of, she, like, so everything starts getting sucked into the closet, and Caroline is sucked into the closet, too. Okay. And they're able to get Robbie out of the tree just in time because a tornado rips the tree out of the ground and sucks it away. And they're like, oh, my God, this, a tornado, basically, he's like, the tree grabbed me. They're like, oh, a tornado sent the tree through your window, and you got caught in it. You know what I mean? Like, they— Right. There is, like, a—like, if you step back, like, yes. logically, you could, like, connect the dots for yeah. that being, like, a real thing. And their fence and not is just, like— So they're like, oh, my God, a tornado literally grabbing. just missed the house. Where, where, thank God it didn't hit the house, but it, you know, it so messed like, up I'd rather the, it hit the house. So then they run upstairs, happening. and they cannot find Caroline. And the scariest part is when they can't find her in there. Can't wait. She's down in the closet. They can't find her. And Dan's like, oh, my God, she's in the swimming pool. Because the swimming pool is now filled with, like, muddy water. Right. Which is exactly where kids die. Yeah. Like, oh, kids my God, of course. Like, die in the swimming pool every day. All the time. So when she says that, and then Steve has to flail around trying to get her, 
that was like that could be the end. That I'd be like, this is the worst and that would thing be I've like ever a seen. Terrible, awful, horrific movie. So they can't find her. She's down in the pool. They can't find her. And then Robbie hears her, and Allison, she's in the TV. Of course, she's in the TV. She's not dead, but she's because she's talking. So Carol Ann is now. Can they inside. see her? No, they okay. can only hear her voice, and they see static. Allison, at this point in the film, what would you do? <laughs> What would you do? <laughs> Presented with this problem, I you're mean, Diane or Steve. I would have somebody stay, like one adult is staying at the house, like managing. I mm-hmm. would like run next door and be like, come with me. Like, and yes. get as many other like adults and human beings over there to be like, right. This is ha-. like, then somebody, you can crowdsource an idea of like who to call and what to do. I, I completely agree. I would. Be like everyone else is leaving the house, but the implication is that now that Carol Ann is stuck there, they don't want to just leave her. No, of course, because she's not dead. She is elsewhere. She's on right. some other plane that they cannot access, other than when the TV is tuned to a uh, certain frequency. Yeah, like a channel. It's sort of a channel with nothing on it. Yeah. So, and that's sort of uh, eventually we sort of discuss is like some she's being transmitted through the TV in the way that a TV show would be. Okay, but Why, she's somewhere how? else. She's somewhere else. I guess it's like we're supposed to think like a week later. I'm guessing we're we're supposed to think like, okay, it took them this long to find these people. Steve meets with some paranormal investigators. Also, like, what have they been doing in the meantime? (laughs) I'm assuming trying to find these paranormal investigators. And they find it's Dr. Lash, Ryan, and Marty. And one weird thing that I want to flag is that in the, um, you know, in the meeting, it's like, okay, our oldest, Dana, is 16. Robbie's 10. Kaylin's 5. I'm 32. My wife's 31. No, sorry, she's 32. So I was like, so they had their first child when they were 15 or 16. <laughs> They're doing great. I always want a backstory. Yeah. I understand it's the early 80s, but Very if they were different, like, like accumulations of wealth and like ways yeah, to like but if succeed. I, if they had been like, oh, we had our first kid at 18, that would have been like, okay, you got pregnant right, like, right after high school. That seems more. Right, but like to be, to be like in high school, have 15. had a kid and like to be successful and living this, like, cookie-cutter American... I wanted a prequel. How did they, that work out for yeah, them? Steve yeah. is doing an incredibly yeah, well show considering. Us 14 to 30. But I guess maybe that was, like, back then, it's like, it was cheaper to go to college, it was cheaper to buy a house. Right. Like, success, you measure now, Mom's maybe my God. Exactly. So. And now we have all this debt, student loans, Yeah, even in, a two, even in a two-income household, you're barely getting by. I mean, unfortunately, the flip side of that is... A poltergeist will suck your daughter into the TV. But. I mean, don't have kids, and then you can just have, you know, a nice house. Also, you don't have to pay for that to happen. You know, I mean, it happens for free. <laughs> we have to pay to have our kids sucked it's into like the TV It's like another streaming service. Oh. She's, <laughs> Carol Ann's basically their Netflix now. <laughs> She's quibby. <laughs> so he goes, and um, Dr. Lash is like, well, we need to come and investigate to make sure it's actually supernatural. And Steve's like, yeah, come on by. Come check it out. Yeah. Why don't you tell me what's happening with my kid and my television? So they go and uh, so they go to the house, and Dr. Lash and Robbie and Marty are still a sort of they're of the idea of like we'll see if this is real. Now have other like at this point like have other people acknowledged like that there was a tornado that those th- or is the, are those things still like isolated to like this family experience? There is the implication that they did not want to tell people because they um, he wants to keep selling houses in the neighborhood. <laughs> well, that is part of it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think they were like, we we don't want other people to know about this. Okay. This is our private business. Sure. We don't know what's going on. Right. It, we don't want to be, and then and later they're like, we don't want to be in 60 Minutes. We don't want to be something. We don't want to be a freak show. Yeah. This would get out if it happened. But 100%. they were like, we do not want to be exploited because of this tragedy. Right. 
The so, 80s were a different time. And so Dr. Lash, Ryan and Marty, are, they're going into, so going into Caroline and Robbie's room, which is closed off. And Ryan's like, you know, I got some really good footage from this other house one time. And I recorded a little, a tiny car roll across like a kitchen floor over seven hours because it moved incrementally. The human eye couldn't have seen it, but I recorded it. And Steve's like, okay, great. Here's the room. And the room is just like a cacophony of like insane, like the bed spinning, like the lamps <laughs> flying around, there's toys flying around, which is a very funny moment. That's very and funny. And then you cut to like Dr. Lesh is at the kitchen table with them and her, she, her hands are like shaking and she's like, all right, well, okay, it looks like <laughs> things are bad here in the house, you know? Um, and so she said, if it's a haunting, then it's the house. If right. it's a poltergeist, is attached to a person, in in this case, presumably Carol Ann. Okay. And if it's a haunting, we might not be able to do anything about it. If it's a poltergeist, (laughs) we can extract whatever entity is attached to her and potentially get her back. Okay. Um, And we're like, okay, well, you're the expert here. You guys figure that out. And so they're able to call Carol Carol Ann on the TV, but Carol Ann's really distressed. And it's like, I can't see you. There's something here with me. There's somebody here with me. And she passes through her mother's body, and her mother's, like, crying. And she's like, I felt like her pass through my soul. But then this other evil entity sort of passes through the house. And the idea is like, okay, this is this is fucked up, right? And so Dr. Lesh, Marty, and Ryan are like, okay, we're going to stay the night. We're going to set up cameras. We're okay. going to start recording things just to get as much data as we possibly can. We're not going to leave you here alone. We're going to be—we're here. We're right. here with you. Um, and so at a certain point, a bunch of personal items— Sure. Fall out of the ceiling. Of so course. like old watches, brooches. Some of them are like 100 years old. Some of them are a couple years old. But none of them belong to the family. And they don't know the origin okay. of them. Okay. And so That's super scary. Yeah. And so Dr. Lesh is like, okay, I, I'm going to take this back to my lab tomorrow, you know. And so they're spending the night in the house. Okay. So at a certain point, Marty and Ryan are sort of trading off. Um, they're on like guard duty or they're staying right. up. And so Marty's eating a chicken wing and he's like, I'm going to go get more food or whatever. And he yeah. goes into the kitchen and he takes out a raw steak. And I'm like, you're going to cook a raw steak in the middle of the night at someone else's house? Yeah, no, man. I would be pissed. Yeah, I'd and, be pissed. And he puts it flat on the counter. And I understand he had to do this because there's like an effect. But I was like, no one would put a raw steak on no. your counter without a plate under it. Absolutely not. In the middle of the night. But he looks over and then the steak is sort of crawling across the counter. Nope. Uh-uh. And Absolutely he's so shocked not. and he drops his chicken wing and then he looks at the chicken wing is full of maggots. So he, obviously, it's manipulating everything they see. Like, you can't, they can't trust their own, what they're seeing. Is it know? manipulating what they see or is that happening? Um, That's a great question. How do we know? I think in that case, he's being manipulated. They're showing, right. they're like implying that that's. Right. But we uh, have seen toys actually fly. Well, and, the thing, and the stuff actually did materialize. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they're playing, playing pretty fast and loose with the rules of it's this. It's the 80s. Yeah. But in a way, we were like, all right, I guess I'm on board for the ride. So Marty's freaked out. And he runs to the bathroom. And this is the scene where I woke up at my friend's sleepover. And oh it God. still fucks me up to this day. He's in the bathroom. He starts splashing water in his face. And a classic movie move, new move that no one does in real life is splashing water Just in his face. to looking like, down and then. Yeah, and looks up. And the light above the um, bathroom mirror gets really bright. And it's like sizzling hot. And his face sort of starts to melt or, like, corrode Burn off. off. So he starts to rip off his own face. No! And he tears off his face to until he's a screaming skeleton. And then he goes, Ugh! and he sort of, like, wakes up, and he's fine. It was just a, a, a optical illusion. You woke illusion. up to that happening? I woke up in a sleeping bag at my friend Whitney's 
bedroom. To someone ripping their floor. melting face and off of their skull. And I was like, oh, skull. this movie's maybe too scary. I can't handle it. And I was so terrified after that. It's so scary. And we all were, but none of us wanted to shut it off. Like, we were all like, I can't be the baby that says it. But then afterwards, we're all like, that was really scary. Why would we watch that? <laughs> and I guess later she talked to her mom, and she, her mom's like, well, I just thought you kids were old enough to know it wasn't real. And I was like, no, yeah, I knew it wasn't I'm real. Old, but, like, but it like, doesn't mean it's not scary. I know all these movies aren't real, and I can't exactly. even watch the trailers, and I'm in my 30s. And here's a tip if you're someone who's afraid like Allison, and I do sometimes, is if you're very scared watching a movie, just remember that everyone had to audition, and all <laughs> the a- extras had to audition. <sighs> everyone in it, like, there's, like, Props masters and, like, sound guys off camera. So yes. whenever you're too freaked out, just say, you know what? Remember, a lot of a hard work and talents in this. Set. It's a set. There's a lot of people there. Everyone's fine. There's Everyone a has- union. There's Thank a God. union. So hopefully everyone is there are a lot being of, treated like, well. There are a lot of, like, really sober, like, executive meetings about certain scenes. Oh, where so many argues, so many they're rewrites. They're just, like, in suits talking about, like, dumb, like, this very, like, intensely. But it's funny. Um, if I only I'd known that as a child. I know. But we didn't understand how the industry worked back then. <laughs> yeah. So so Marty runs back in and he's like, la, 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 you know. And so they see this entity come down the stairs, like this sort of swirling fabric, woman draped in fabric. And okay. all these lights are sort of flowing around here, like uh, orbs is what oh, they're okay. called. Yeah. So sort of like if you see a photo and people are like, oh, an orb is sort of a spirit. Sure. A friend of mine went to... Um, uh, Russell Simmons. We know not Russell Simmons. Um, Richard Simmons. <laughs> yeah, do not go to Russell Simmons Jazzercise classes. You'll be the only one there. But uh, the Richard Simmons, when he used to do yeah. um, Simmons the, size or yeah. whatever. And so there's a photo, and my friend believes in ghosts. And in the of photo of her and Richard Simmons, there's an orb. And I was like, oh my God, there's a ghost with you and Richard Simmons. In reality, they're just a, a fleck it's of just dust. It's just a flat. Yeah, it's or like a, flash a flashback. Or like a, yeah. So they examine the the video because they're filming all of this, and each light in the video is a different ghost, like it's a person from different time periods. Okay. And Doctor Lesh is like, they're so lonely, they're so alone. <laughs> Don't feel bad for them. But I, you do because you're like, okay, okay if you're a ghost and you're trapped here, you're just haunting. Yeah. So they don't know where they're from. But then finally, uh, Diane and Steve do the sensible thing. They sent Dana to stay at her friend's house. They sent Robbie and Eba's the dog to go stay at Grandma's house. Sure. So the other kids are out of the house and they're safe, which you should do in all haunting situations. Don't be like, let's keep the family together. It's like, no, split everyone up so you have better chances of someone making it out. And so um, the Dr. Lesh is examining the, you know, the different artifacts that have fallen through the ceiling. She's like, these are from all different time periods. Like, I don't understand, like, what, what's going on. Yeah. Marty bails after having ripped his own face off. Can't blame him. But Ryan and Dr. Lesh are like, we're going to stay and we're going to figure this out. Yes. And Dr. Lesh says, I'm going to bring help. Oh. Who you saw in the trailer. But yes. before we get to Her that. crazy voice. <laughs> um, Steve's boss. He meets with his boss, Mr. Teague, who is the one who is the developer. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Teague's like, hey, uh, it seems like you're taking a little, it seems like, like he's taken two weeks off. So it's been at least two weeks since this started. Right. Okay. It's like, um, I just want to make sure. Living in this for two weeks is crazy. And so he and, he and obviously Diane and the other kids like are exhausted. Like, you know, they're panicked or whatever. And Mr. Teague's like, you know, I just don't want to lose you. You know, he's sort of the, I think his fear is like, oh, you're actually leaving to go somewhere else. And Steve's like, nah, I just got some family stuff going on. <laughs> and he takes Steve up to, like, this new part of the valley. Sure. This is the beautiful valley. And he's like, "We're this is phase five of the development. It's going to be right here. And Steve turns around, and it's right up against a cemetery. Oh. And he's like, well, well, I mean, there's a cemetery up here. We can't build on this bluff. Right. 
And Mr. Teague says, well, we build on the other cemeteries. Okay. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, don't worry. We, in, we in, uh, what's the word? Um, un- exhumed? Un- un- exhumed. We exhumed the bodies, and we moved them to another um, cemetery. So we moved everything. It's not like we, you know. And, and Steve's like, well, I guess that's okay, as long as, like, it was respectful or whatever. Of course not. And everybody uh, knows real estate developers are the most respectful people on the planet. You know, and and uh, Mr. Cheek. So basically, we're to understand all of uh, Cuesta Verde. It's all, all built on a cemetery. What used to be a cemetery. Yes. And uh, Mr. Cheek's like, well, don't worry. It's not ancient tribal burial grounds. It's just people. And you're like, Mr. Teague, you're a fucking monster. Ugh. But I think it was also an interesting thing to, I feel like, because you think, oh, it's going to be like ancient Indian burial grounds. Right. Which is the trope. But like, no, it's more recent. It's just like people. Right. But like to be like, oh, people, it's like, well, we're all people. Right. Yeah. They were the other people, like the ancient tribes are not not people. But it turns out, even if they're just people, they might be pretty pissed. Well, I would say like, it's so fresh for them. Yeah. They're more raw about it. Yeah. So, Allison, I'm going to ask you now, who do you think is going to survive this film? Who will survive? I hope Carol Ann. Mm -hmm. This feels also like knowing it's Spielberg and knowing it's the 80s. Like, I don't feel like a lot of the children or the dog are going to die. Because that's we weren't there yet as a right. society. Now it's like slash and burn kids and pets. Who cares oh anymore? Boy, you're totally right. But like th- back then, it was like this exactly. is still like right. We were still dipping our toe into the world of absolute abject horror. If we couldn't kill ET, we're not gonna kill no a kid. We're not gonna kill a kid. I think all the kids survive. I think the boss and the neighbor die. Mm-hmm. I think the family stays intact. So, um. Uh, what do you think we'll have a reveal at a certain point? Guess the twist. I do think there's some kind of reveal of like exactly what, like why now? You know, yeah. I feel like that would be like it's like if everything is built on these this former cemetery and all of these houses have well, been. For well, a remember, while. our understanding is that the bodies have been moved, so yes. that is the information we have. Okay, that's a great piece of information to be remembering. Okay. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll be inviting everyone over. From barbecues to girls' night, the kids can even host their friends. Whoa, it smells amazing. 
Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular Airwick Essential Mist for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy, the way fragrance should be. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. So Diane and Steve, they're, they're still in the house. They're like, we're going to get Carol Ann out. Dr. Lesh has brought, I, you, they don't say her name, I don't think. I believe, her, I'm going to call her Tangina. Her name is spelled Tangina. Nope. And it is played by the incredible Zelda Rubenstein, the high-voiced actress, yes. which you saw in the trailer. She's crazy. Who is phenomenal, a phenomenal character actress. And her first line is, y'all mind hand, oh, she also has a southern accent in this film. Right, which for no reason. Y'all mind hanging back? You're jamming up my frequencies. <laughs> and all of her lines are like that, which is so fun. So kooky. So basically, she's a medium I guess she's a medium versus a psychic. So she's like, I'm going to... I know, Goop explained the difference recently on their show, so... But luckily, because of that, she's got a lot of info to help them. Oh, of a course. A lot of really helpful information. She's like, okay, great, the location of... Uh, there's a, a, a area of bilocation in Caroline's closet that's like sort of a entry point to the other realm. Okay. Um, and we're going to figure out a way to get her out. Don't worry, we're going to figure this out. She asked Diane, will you do anything I ask? Will you do anything? Hang on. Will you do anything I ask? Even if it comes contrary to your beliefs as a human being and a Christian? Which I love. I love, love the that. idea of being asked to do something that's against my belief as a human being and, and a, a Christian. Christian. Um, is like, okay, there's a lot of ghosts here. A lot of, there's a lot of jammings up. Yeah. And because Carol Ann is there, she has a life force and they're drawn to her. Really, they should be pulled to the light of the afterlife. But her life force is so glowy and attractive but to them. They are caught up and be like, it, she, we need to go here. Exactly. Ooh. And so, um, also, there is a terrible, scary entity that is also clinging to Carol Ann, which I think we're to believe is the poltergeist. Like, okay. the, so there's like something. good stuff and bad stuff with her. Yeah, the ghosts, they're just fucked up and they're messing up, but they could eventually release her. The, the evil entity is something that is also drawn to her life force, but is not necessarily human. Okay. At least when we see it, it doesn't look sure. human. She says, to her, it appears as another child. Like, it disguises itself as a child. When to Carol Ann. Yeah. Okay. But to us, it is the beast. Oof. So I'm like, I guess it's supposed to be the devil itself. Anywho, yeah. they right. got to get her out of there. <laughs> um, so the plan is, they uh, they are eventually, they're able to open, they go into Carol Ann's room, and they go to the closet where all this activity is going on. And they start throwing tennis balls through it. And the sure. tennis balls falls in the living room. So they know, okay, there, if there's an entrance, Entry, there's an exit. So eventually they throw a rope through and Ryan and Dr. Lesh are on one side. And Diane has to go in because she's the only one. She's sort of the, the person with who can communicate with Caroline on the other side. Right. And so, um, and then Steve and um, Tangina <laughs> are on the other side. And so there's a lot of, like, there's heavy, there's wind, and there's crazy light. Yeah, and it's, light. And it's terrifying. And Diane essentially has to walk into a, a portal portal in <laughs> reality to get her child back. But because she's a mother, and we know she's a good mother because she's been, like, you know, so kind and, like, yes. doting and, and wonderful, she's going to do it. She's, she's going to get Caroline back. Yeah, it's for her child. She's put herself out there. So she goes in, and as soon as she does, Tanjana yells to Caroline, run towards the light, run towards the light. She's trying to drive the ghosts into the light, not to kill— Kill Ann. But, but Steve, the, Steve right. gets scared. He's like, no, she can't go tearing their light because that means she'll also pass on, right. assuming into the afterlife. So he pulls the rope. 
when he pulls the rope, a giant skeletal demon head the size of the closet door emerges and screams. No. <laughs> and you're like, absolutely not. I don't think so. So I guess that we're to believe that's the poltergeist. But luckily— <laughs> And screams is very funny. Right. It would be bad enough if he didn't scream. But it's right. screaming. It's screaming. like, I, I should be screaming, not you. Yeah. You showed up no, in my, clo- my daughter's closet. And so the demon head pops out. Luckily, just then, um, Diane and Carol Ann fall out of the ceiling in the living room. And they're covered in what I would describe as strawberry jello. And they grab them and they throw them in the bathtub and they're Ugh. kind of like wiping them down. And they're alive. So okay. they live. And everything's great. But then you notice there's about 20 minutes left in the movie. Yeah, we're not done. So we're, let's say the next day or the day after. Let's say the next day. They are packing up and they are moving yeah, out. We're getting Steve's the like, hell absolutely not. Out of here. To, we're not staying one more night in this house. We're staying at the um, Hilton or whatever. We're staying on whatever. the highway, the motel or whatever. I have to go to the office. I'm presuming to to quit, yeah. you know. <laughs> and um, so pack to fill up. in my boss on what's up. <laughs> if you guys get if you guys get a little sleepy, you lay down first news. But as soon as I get back, we're getting we're not staying the night here, right? And so, as a result of her ordeal, Diane has bright gray streaks in her hair, which is actually kind of fabulous. I mean, but she's I only love, thirty-two, so it's like I don't know. I'm trying to pull that off now. Me too. I, I, it looks great on her, but I understand maybe you feel like I'm a little young, yeah. you know. So she's like, I'm going to dye my hair and take a bath. The kids get into bed, guys. You can't. You Not have taken a bath in that house. You have to go. Next door. You have to leave. Right. You can't start. You cannot stay any more time in the house. And no. that's the only mistake they've made. The rest of the time, they had great judgment. Yeah, I feel like they were on top of things. I would have told more people what I right. was up, what was going on. But, but I, get, I get it. And after they, they emerge, um, Tangina tells them famously, This house is clean. So they think, okay. We're good. The spirits have been purged. We're leaving, but and the spirits have been purged. And everything else she said had been proven correct. Exactly. So why would you not believe? So so they think, okay, if we have to stay here a couple more hours. The kids sort of lay down, but they know they're going to get up in a little bit. And um, Diane is in the bathroom. And um, you remember that clown doll from earlier? Of course. Well, it's the only doll that they haven't packed up. And Robbie's kind of dozing off. And then he looks, and the clown's gone. He's like, well, that's a little, that's a little strange. And he, he looks under the bed. He looks on the other side. And he sits back up, and the clown starts strangling no, him. No, no. Also, like, yeah. don't have a clown. You didn't you pack don't... it up. You knew he didn't want it. Right. You were going to throw it away anyways. Throw it out the window into the muddy pool. So the clown grabs Robbie and drags him under the bed, and oh Diane God. can't hear his screams because she's drying her hair. And oh it looks God, fabulous. Of course. I mean, I'm sure she looks great. And we look, and the closet door has, like, this fungus, like, growing around it. So we're to think— the maybe the ghosts have left, but this entity something is still is still afoot. out to get Carol Ann specifically. So uh, the kids are being sucked, you know, in and like there's this. Uh, is Carol Ann with him? Yeah. So okay. she they're in the room screaming, being thrown around, and Diane tries to get them, but sort of this like spidery, like skeletal fungus skull Ugh. creature is there, and she can't get inside. So she runs next door to the neighbors, which God bless. I mean, and, thank God they're in a community. And while she does, she f- does she does the thing which you've been waiting for this whole movie, which is she slips and falls in the swimming pool. Unfortunately, as soon as she does, skeletons just start popping up. No. So she is up to her neck in muddy water, is screaming. And there's skeleton. There's skeletons near her, on her, like trying to shooting push out of her the ground. Down. Well, you know, they're not doing a ton, but, but they're around and they that's could enough. drag her down. Yes. yes. And so she's trying to, but she's trying to crawl herself out in the mud so slippery. And finally, somebody grabs her arm and pulls her up, and it is the neighbor bed. So he did do one nice thing. Thank God. But then, as soon as he and his, his, his wife 
she's like, there's ghosts and stuff. And they're like, um, we're going to go back door, next door and just call 911. We're not going to get involved in this. So she runs back in. <laughs> I feel like I would maybe be the same. Yeah, but it's like they helped her. They're like, we're going to bail. We can't. We're oh, out now. We yeah. did one thing. So she runs back up and she's able to get the kids because they're being sucked into what I would describe as a giant butthole that's in the <laughs> wall and where a giant and a giant tentacle is coming out to grab Carol Ann. She's able yeah. to grab them and pull them out of the house and they run, run, run right as Steve pulls up and sees all these crazy lights. He's like, oh, God damn it, the ghost got my kids again. <laughs> and he's running up to the door Not and he's again. screaming. <laughs> well, I mean, it happens once, shame on me. Right. It happens twice, shame on you. And so he's running up and Mr. Uh, Teague, his boss, was in the car. Presumably he was trying to argue with him to stay or whatever. Yeah. And right as he runs up, and they're running out of the house. A coffin shoots up on the ground. Coffin? A coffin, and the door opens, and a, a dead body goes wah and falls out. <laughs> so then there are coffins and dead bodies rocketing out of the ground. And Steve runs. It to, sounds so funny. It's but as a child, terrifying. One oh, hundred. It is a little funny. It's a little funny. But he runs over. Steve runs over. Mister Teague, and he's shaking him. He's like, "You son of a bitch! You moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you?" And so the idea is like there uh, were the, that's why is that there all the bodies have remained. We have not honored okay. the past, we've not honored the dead. Yes. We've been so greedy that we don't give a fuck that we built it over acres of graves. Yes. The shooting out, they're shooting out. Luckily, because this is a Steven Spielberg production, nobody dies. He's Great. able to get them in the car, get them in the car, and Dana gets home. And there's a funny thing, funny I thought it was a funny joke where Dana gets out of the car and she's a huge shaky at her neck because she's like just hanging out yeah. with this guy. Did she miss all of this? Well, yes. Okay. Except at the end, where literally coffins are coffins. Shooting. So then it's not just their house; it's the entire development. Okay. So they're peeling out of the development. Fire hydrants going off, coffins shooting into people's cars, <laughs> fire. And Mr. Teague's like, oh, no, I'm a capitalist, and I did this horrible thing. I'm a piece of shit. So finally, they get to it. He probably felt pretty bad. Finally, they get to the Motel 6 or whatever, and Steve goes in, and he rolls the TV out onto the balcony, and that's the end. And they, they're all safe. Even E-Buzz. I'm glad the dog survived. Um, so what do you think? Could you name a couple fatal mistakes? <laughs> Mistakes. I mean, definitely his boss deciding to develop without getting rid of the body. Mm-hmm. Or without, like, we also just don't. Like, in general, the concept of, like, aggressive suburban real estate development is a yes. bad, is a fatal mistake socioculturally. <laughs> yeah, they are definitely punished for pursuing the American dream without consideration for the past. Yes. Which I think is fair. Because I think we're supposed to think, like, oh, like, all the watches and stuff that fell out, fell out of the ceiling, those belong to the dead people. Right. That they were sort of tra- being transmitted in some yeah, that's way. What makes sense given the end? I well, think also telling more people yes. around you what's going on. Yeah, and not just like once when you're a little stoned. I would say once a terrifying skull creature yeah. pops out of your daughter's closet, you don't stay one more second in that house. Yeah, no, you, you get the fuck out. You leave out. all your stuff. Pay movers. Right. You know what I mean? Anyone get else. somebody else to go. You don't take your kids back in that house. No, I don't think so. But then um, I think everything else they did was uh, pretty reasonable. No, yeah, they sent the kids away. They 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 um, talked to professionals. Yes, they were able to get Carol Ann back, so they did do a great job. Yeah, I was trying to think of like what shot because it's really like I get allegedly like this sort of the inspiration for some of these moments where Steven Spielberg ha- was afraid of a tree outside of his house. And he also had a clown thing that he was yeah. afraid of. And I was like, what childhood fear did you have? Do you think that a poltergeist could sort of use against you? 
definitely, I mean, like, cla- like any spooky-looking thing would be really scary. Um, right. Just, like, clowns in general or, like, but, like, uh, fire. Absolutely. Fire terrified me. as, And it's yes. still, like, I guess, like, as a New York apartment dweller, like, mm-hmm. is just, ex- it's always extra scary. Um, I do, I think that fire, and for me, heights. Heights, also heights. Which isn't necessarily reserved to a, a childhood fear. No, that one is extending full on into adulthood. Yeah, I feel like most of my fears as a child were very reasonable. I mean, maybe they were outsized, a but, like, of, I'm still afraid of fire. Yeah, 100%. Nothing wrong with that. I also, like, I mean, there were a lot of, like, things I saw, like, in pop culture that scared me. Like, I remember seeing a pre, like, seeing a preview for the old Batman with Danny DeVito as the penguin. I love that movie. Which I, like, I do love that movie, but, like, when I first saw that preview, I was, like, really young, and it was a preview before, like, a video we had gotten from Blockbuster. It was, Mm -hmm. like, one of those. Um, And it just scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Like, just the way he looked and, like, how, even though now I'm like, great movie. Well, yeah, and if you were looking back, it's like, if the poltergeist had known that, they would make Danny DeVito appear in your bedroom. Yeah. As the penguin. Right. Um, also, whatever, there was some movie that came out around the same time when I was, like, super young that was about um, alien abduction. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like, fire in the sky or something. And, like, I believed that that was real. Um, oh, interesting. And so, like, and the preview was pretty, like, I'm sure now if I watched it, I'd be like, oh, that's, like, the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But yeah. I remember being so scared by the trailer and then also by the cardboard uh, marketing materials that were at Hollywood Video. Oh, yeah. So... Man, the poltergeist would have had a field day with you. Yeah, I'm just like afraid of everything. So yeah, just, like, but that's, the shit I mean, out of all it. kids are. Yeah, right. Kids are afraid of things because they don't know. And I was trying to think of like, so this is sort of a, again, like much like the ring, like sort of an anti TV, anti, yes. like the idea that a technology could bring something into your home. Yes. And I was trying to think of like what analog or like what technology from our childhood would you think that could be used? And I was thinking a talk girl because I feel like oh, yeah. I, lo- I was obsessed with my talk girl. Oh, if you don't know what, it's just a recorder where you can yeah. record yourself talking. Well, there was tape. also Talk Boy. That was the one that everybody knew. I don't acknowledge Talk Boy. <laughs> Only Talk Girl. <laughs> Only Talk Girl, which was a Talk Boy but pink. Yes. And I feel like I was like, what would be the scariest thing? It would be like if the Talk Girl told all my friends that I had a crush on um, Dustin Hoffman, not Dustin Hoffman, um, Dennis Hopper in Speed, which I did. Oh, oh, okay. I know. We don't have time to get no, into it No, we don't have today. time to get into that. I think also, like, it would be Fun if like did you play Mall Madness as a kid? Um, I knew about it, but I didn't. I didn't like. So my friend it. Courtney Salzman had it, and I would play it at her house all the time. But like there was an uh, electronic like voice thing where you would press it, and it's like there's a sale at the electronics store. Um, so if that thing oh, shit. like kind of was on its own, <laughs> would be scary. There is a coffin waiting for you, Allison. <laughs> if the, yeah, if it knew your name, that would be because like it was obviously like all pre-recorded, like. Dumb shit. And this would be, like, sort of, like, for people who are a little bit younger than us. I was thinking, like, if there was a George Foreman girl, it could just, like, squish your hand on it. Yeah. I mean, anything that, like, anything could be. A waffle iron. A wa- Yeah, right. It's all this. Yeah. So let's rate it. Um, on a spooky scale of 1 to 10 screams, where do we fall, Allison? A spooky scale. I think, like, part of it being dated makes it, you know— Tough, just because like I'm experiencing a lot of it now. Yes. Um, but al- also that no one actually dies. Yeah. And there's not a lot of like violent death. Yeah. Gonna give it like a four or five. Well, I think I'm gonna rate it higher than you. Okay. But I think that is because it's so ingrained in my psyche. You from have a childhood. very specific nostalgia, like yes. negative nostalgia for it. So I would say six screams. All right. But depending on who you are, I think some people would see this and be like, oh, a fun, you know. 80s family romp. Yeah. For me, it is like seeing into the terror inside my own mind. Of course. Well, thanks so much for joining us, you guys. This was another great, scary movie. 
And I cannot, cannot ask you enough to please keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Bye. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.